Riddle Me That is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Use creation tools right from your phone and your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's free. And now, your host, Alex Riddle. Riddle, 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 Riddle. What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. On today's episode, we're going to dive into the heroics from last week's no-hitter thrown by our very own Chicago White Sox, Lucas Giolito, as he threw the 19th no-hitter in White Sox history against the Pittsburgh Pirates last Tuesday. We're also going to talk some NBA as there were some insane NBA matchups last week as a lot of the teams are trying to finish out their first-round matchups, and there's a couple teams that haven't yet, so lots to talk about in the NBA. Let's get started. So before we get into the no-no thrown by my man, Lucas, we got to talk some NBA. Last week's matchups were quite something. Now, I want to start off with the... Los Angeles Clippers against the Dallas Mavericks, as I did call last week that after Luka Doncic's game winner, that it was a good story, but the Clippers would dominate, and they definitely proceeded to do so, as they won the next game by about 100 points, Uh, and then the game after, uh, Dallas made it interesting when they were down 3-2, but Kawhi Leonard, playoff P, who came back to form, uh, as I said he would, they put it together, and they were unstoppable, they, you know, I think they just needed a firm kick in the ass uh, by a team like the Mavericks who had, you know, nothing to lose, playing with house money, have a superstar in Luka Doncic. So, you know, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. But I think it was the calling out doing by Doc Rivers. As after that loss by the Mavericks, you know, he was really disappointed in his team, calling out their effort, saying that they didn't want it bad enough. Uh, and they definitely responded. Uh, which is, you know, pretty amazing to see. Uh, You see that in sports a lot with a good team not performing where they need to uh, and, you know, just getting called out by one of their veteran players or coaches uh, who also, you know, contribute a lot to the team. Uh, And and that does it a lot. Uh, I know earlier in the year, Dallas Keuchel for the Chicago White Sox, they lost the first game of – a series to the Detroit Tigers, uh, and after that, won about six or seven straight games, uh, which might have turned around their season. So all it takes is one little calling out from somebody, and that might get the message across. And if it does, watch out for that team, because the Clippers looked unstoppable against the Mavericks at the end of that series. So I pray for anybody that goes up against the Clippers, because when they're at their best, I think they're the best team in the NBA. But let's go over to the Raptors and the Celtics. Another, so both teams advance into the second round, starting their series yesterday, or two days ago on Sunday, and the Boston Celtics just took it to the Toronto Raptors. I think the Raptors, yes, their offensive efficiency is one of the best in the league, but I think playing a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who don't have any defense, and 
nothing near the firepower offensively as the Boston Celtics do. I think the Raptors got a little overhyped on their offense because, my God, did they brick yesterday. Finally playing a good defensive team. The Boston Celtics had their way with the Raptors right off the bat. I mean, it was never in doubt that the, the Celtics were coming in there with game one aspirations. And I don't know. I mean, I know that the, that the Raptors played bad, but I mean, the Celtics have their number. They were beating them in the regular season. Uh, one of the only, I mean, the Raptors pretty much are only struggling against the Boston Celtics as they're beating everybody else. But the Celtics team is kind of a mismatch for the Raptors because you have guards like Jalen Brown, Kimba Walker, Jason Tatum. And yeah, on the Raptors, you have Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, Siakam. But I mean, Boston just kind of overpowers them uh, around the board because you also have guys like Daniel Tice and his Cantor who are big boys down low. So Serge Ibaka and Marcus Saul for the Raptors have a lot to deal with. It's going to be a tough series for the Raptors. I did like the Raptors going in. I I never made a series prediction for this. Uh, but based off the first game, I'm just going to go with the Boston Celtics. I think that they are a force to be reckoned with in the East. And I just think that any team that plays them is going to have a lot of trouble. Let's go to game one of the second round for the Milwaukee Bucks against the Miami Heat. As you guys know, I had the Milwaukee Bucks winning it all against the Los Angeles Clippers in the NBA Finals. Not a great start for the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday as they lose another game one uh, in a playoff series to, G- to Jimmy Butler in the Heat. Cats off to, to Jimmy Buckets. Buckets was awesome yesterday. He had 40 uh, leading a Miami Heat squad, a young Miami Heat squad, but with veteran depth. Who I love the Miami Heat, which sucks. I said right away that the Miami Heat are a force you're reckoning with, but I just think the Bucks are better than everybody. But apparently not the Heat because the Heat, well, and then here's the thing. The Milwaukee Bucks was up most of the game yesterday. But one little Heat surge, and that's all it took. And it went in by 10 points. And that's what I was talking about yesterday is the Milwaukee Bucks, their biggest issue is they can get a little soft. When a team you know takes it to them physically, they tend to not react well. Yesterday, the Miami Heat played Giannis perfectly, only keeping him to 18 points. They would let him drive, and then they would forcefully take over down low with guys like Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olenek. They were physical yesterday, and that really hurt the Milwaukee Bucks because Jimmy Butler was having his way. And if Jimmy Butler is having his way, it's 99 because, as, as you can see, the Miami Heat are 5-0 and in the playoffs so far. That that That's a one-way trade I don't want to get in front of. And when guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Gordon Drogic are draining threes, look out, NBA, because this team is no longer a dark horse. They're just a team to be reckoned with. I'm still predicting that the Milwaukee Bucks are g- going to win this series. But it's going to be tough. It, it's going to be six or seven games for sure. Uh, I said the Milwaukee Bucks would win in six. Uh, might have to be in seven. We'll see. But here's the thing. If the Miami Heat win, I'm all in for Jimmy Buckets to get to the finals because he's one of my favorite players on the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, you know, at times he, he made questionable statements, but I don't care about that. He's he's a warrior. Uh, props to him 
to go to Miami and changing that franchise, I mean, that team would be no, – they're a great team, but they would be nowhere where they are now without Buckets uh, as their leader. So the, go that Miami Heat team is awesome to watch. Uh, they play defense. They're fast. can shoot threes. They can do everything. A great coach, Eric Spolstra. Uh, what did I say? Spolstra? Eric Spolstra. Uh, but – uh, that that's gonna be an awesome series. So if you're looking to watch some good hoops, definitely tune into the Miami Heat, Milwaukee Bucks series. That's gonna be one for the ages, right there. Let's take it to our main attraction here. We still have two first round matchups still to still trying to conclude. Both going to Game Sevens. Let's start with the Houston Rockets and Oklahoma City Thunder. This series is just I don't understand it. The Rockets are a better team. But the Oklahoma City Thunder are pests. They just do not give up. The Rockets had a chance to close out yesterday, being up 3-2 in the series. They're up 2-0 in the series. Oklahoma City ties it at 2. The Rockets blow them out on Saturday by 30-plus points. And then yesterday, the Rockets are in control. But Oklahoma City just crawls right back and sneaks out a dub because Russell Westbrook decides to have seven turnovers uh, and can't get the job done. Obviously, Westbrook has been hurt. He's only been back for a couple of games, but it showed yesterday how rusty he was because he did not come through for the Rockets. Uh, and as a team as a whole, they were just looking sloppy. They looked lazy. Uh, still shooting pretty decently well. Enough for them to win the game, but can't finish it down the stretch as Chris Paul catches fire at the end of the game, nailing three threes, three clutch threes at the end of the game. Uh, two when they were down by six, one to go up by four. I mean, that man's a bad man. And, you know, of course, you know, him being on the Houston Rockets uh, and then getting, you know, pretty much released uh, and then get or traded and signed with Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, he, of course, is a man of the mission. He he doesn't care who he's playing. And as he said yesterday, I think he said in the post-game interview, if we have a chance, we have a chance. And that's what I'm going with. So he's playing with house money as well. I still like the the Rockets closing out that series. They're definitely the better team. Uh, would definitely give you know their next round opponent a better matchup than Thunder. But the Thunder are awesome. They are a great team. You know, they play with so much heart and passion. They play defense. You know you got Steven Adams down low. You got Gallinari, Chris Paul, as I said. They they're forced to reckon with. I just don't think that that team you know down the stretch can go toe to toe with either. The, I think. I think that they're playing the – I forget if this is the 3-6 seed or 4-5 seed. It's just so weird because there's no home court advantage. So I've been kind of forgetting the seeding. So they're either going to play the Lakers or the Clippers. I don't see – first of all, I don't see any of these teams getting past Lakers or the Clippers based on how they've played and based on how the Clippers and Lakers have heated up. Uh, we're bound for a Western Conference LA matchup, which I'm so excited for if that happens. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely predicting Rockets to get the dub – Tomorrow in their game seven. I think it's going to be a highly competitive game, but I think Rockets should take care of business uh, at when all, when all is said and done. But we shall see. It's been an awesome series. Um, hard for betters, that's for sure, because each team is going back and forth. Uh, hard to know what team is going to perform. Uh, but Rockets in seven tomorrow, that's my prediction. Let's go to the last and best matchup we've had in this playoffs. The Utah Jazz against the Denver Nuggets. You have 
Donovan Mitchell in the Jazz, Jamal Murray in the Nuggets. You don't need to know anybody else in that team because these two guys are putting up ridiculous numbers in this playoff series. These are two men that are on the rise. You know, they are the future of this league. And you have guys like, you know, role players like, well, I wouldn't say Jokic is a role player, but in this series he is. Uh, and then you have Gobert in Utah along with Mitchell. You got Jordan Clarkson uh, for Utah. And then, you know, along with Jokic, you have Paul Millsap, Michael Porter Jr. But forget those guys. It's Jamal Murray, Diamond Mitchell. These men are putting up numbers like I've never seen before. They're putting up 50-point games. Like, the first series ever to have, like, multiple 50-point games by two different players in the series. They're putting up numbers. The the highest closing, the highest closest matchup of players in this era to do what they're doing in the playoffs is Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley. I mean, that is enough said. These guys are shooting ridiculous from three. I believe Mitchell's shooting 17 of 28 from three in the series, and Murray is like 23 of 37 or something. This is insane. I mean, these guys are literally carrying these teams in their back. And it's crazy because when I'm watching this series, I'm like, do these guys miss? And I'm like, no. The question, the answer is no, they don't miss. And it's been so fun to watch. The The Nuggets won game one in dramatic fashion in overtime. The Jazz respond with three straight wins of their own to go up 3-1. The Nuggets decide to pull off two wins of their own and tie it up at three. I mean, a resilient Nuggets team against a poised Utah Jazz team who want to get out of that first round. Man, the Game 7 is tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It's tonight, 8 o'clock. You, you have to watch it. It is going to be a, a game for the ages. If I have to make a prediction right now, I'm going to have to go Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets. I, It's a toss-up game. I know it's who, anybody's game. But Jamal Murray's playing with that emotion. My God, he was crying in his last interview. You know, just from pure, like, drive. He's trying to perform like everybody needs him to or expects him to in the league. And he's showing it. Win or lose this game, both guys, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, no one's at fault. They've played their hearts out. They can't play any better. So, I mean... It, I think it does come down to role players as well. I think Jokic has to have a great game for the Nuggets. A big Jokic game, like a 30-point game. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has to produce uh, along with Grant. Um, and you know maybe a little Mason Plumley big block at some point in the game. I don't know. Some random guy's going to have to step up for the Nuggets. And same for the Utah Jazz. Gobert's going to have to go off. Jordan Clarkson's going to have to drain. I think Joe Ingles is going to have to hit a couple threes. He hasn't done much in this series. He's, he hasn't really had to, but he's kind of under the radar. I think also Mike Conley is going to have to come through. He's been good, but he's definitely inconsistent at times. Last game, he wasn't great. Uh, but the Utah Jazz, I'm going to say, when they're all on, they're, they're going to win because they can't miss. So the Nuggets are going to have to go bonkers and play really well, but I think they will. They're in the zone. They're hot. They've won the last two games. I'm going Denver Nuggets uh, to beat the Utah Jazz in Game 7 tonight. I can't wait. G-Force Spotlight of the Week.
My G4 Spotlight of the Week is going to have to go to Lucas Giolito and the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, you guys knew it was coming. I was hyping up Giolito early. Had it same for the G4 Spotlight, make it interesting. But my main man, Lucas Giolito, with the no-no, one walk, almost the perfect game. Granted, it was against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I don't give a shit. Pittsburgh Pirates, Houston Astros, same thing, no-hitter. I mean, to do that against any Major League team is an accomplishment. So, you know, it's a little offensive to go on Twitter and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, he's playing Pittsburgh Pirates, bro. Well, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates beat the Cardinals a couple games the other day, and they also beat the Brewers. So they can still win. Uh, I mean, and it's, it's just amazing. In this type of season that the White Sox are having right now, first place ball club, nine games above 500, had a huge win against the Twins last night. Uh, in dramatic fashion. I mean, this team is on fire. And to have a no-no happen in that scenario just shows that things are going the South Side's way right now. And they got to ride that heat. Because they got guys like Luis Robert, Elo Jimenez, Jose Bray, all hitting double-digit bombs right now. I believe Robert hit his 10th yesterday. Jimenez had 11. I think Bray was 12 or 13. I mean, this team is here. And they are ready to take flight in Chicago. I mean, just from where they were two weeks ago to where they are now, I mean, they are peaking at the right time. They're having fun. Their offense has been awesome. Their pitching has been good. Uh, Keuchel, Giolito, even Ronaldo Lopez throwing the ball pretty decently. Cease throwing it well. Uh, Their bullpen's been surprisingly good. The only problem with the bullpen is leaving guys in like Zach Birdie. Too long, uh, where he was left in too long last Saturday against the Royals. Blew that game for the White Sox. But that's okay. That's going to happen. Uh, they definitely, you know, I would love a couple more arms in the pen. Uh, but they're going to roll with what they got right now. Uh, and just wait till next year when we got Michael Kopech back. Uh, I mean, the White Sox were in, you know, in talks of getting Clev- Michael Clevenger, who went to the Padres. Uh, the, the White Sox were one of the pursuers that were trying to get him. Uh, but the, I'm actually happy that they didn't because they would have had to give up uh, some good prospects, which I don't think that they were ready to give up yet because they haven't seen what they can do. Uh, and you don't want to go too early. This The White Sox, you know, in the past, yeah, they were, weren't the same ball club, but they did have Fernando Tatis, who they traded for James Shields to try to win, you know, or try to make it to the playoffs, which totally backfired in their face as Tatis is the, the future of the league right now. Not saying I'm not happy with, you know, Tim Anderson at shortstop, who's been a stud, uh, one of our leaders on the ball club. But, you know, you don't want to jump the gun too early. Yes, they're in great shape to make the playoffs this year. But you don't want to get get rid of players that could make a bigger impact now than Clevenger could for your team this year. But whatever the White Sox can, you know, put together in the next 20 games would be huge. You know, if it's a random reliever here, a random out, they just got Jared Dyson from the Pirates, a nice little, nice little utility guy. I'm loving where the White Sox are at, but Lucas Giulio, man, I mean, that was huge for him. I mean, he deserves it. Two years ago, Giulio was statistically the worst pitcher in baseball based on ZRA. And now he's, you know, Last year was running for the Cy Young, and this year he's not going for the Cy Young. But 
He's a top 10, 15 pitcher in the league, no doubt. So the White Sox are on the rise. It's incredible. The young guys are looking like they've been in the league for 10 years already based on how they're hitting. It's fun to watch. It's enjoyable. You know, they look smooth. They're entertaining. All is well on the south side right now. Riddle's rant of the week. Bang, bang, what's the hang? My Riddle's rant of the week is going to have to go to my most hated person right now, Christopher Russo. High heat. I mean, get out of here, Russo. Christopher Russo has been an MLB tonight analyst for years right now. He he actually doesn't do the MLB Tonight segment. Uh, he does his high heat segment in the afternoon. And, he, you know, he talks like, you know, people call him Mad Dog Russo. He's like, rah, rah, rah. You know, he's always just rambling on about whatever his opinions are. He, he He's one of those guys, he's, he's, he's kind of like a Stephen A. Smith, where he's very one-sided, opinionated. So, like, he makes you feel like if you have the opposite opinion that you're just dumb and wrong. And, and I really hate that because it's like Stephen A. Smith, for example, predicted, I believe, like seven NBA finals wrong in a row. And it's like, bro, if you're that confident, like, pick a finals right. I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, they use those voices, you know, their voices is what carries them in the career because they're so, like, entertaining and they're just, wow, they're just talking up a storm. They just talk your ear off. But what really hurt, so last week, I tuned into MLB Network for a little bit, you know, just to see what's going on for the night. And here comes Mad Dog getting um, asked if who he thinks is a better uh, player, Acuna on the Braves, or Juan Soto on the Nationals. And Juan Soto just won a World Series with the Nationals last year. Hitting 370 this year in the two-hole is going to be... They're, they're both going to be MLB's, you know, future of the league in the next few years. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, so if you ask me to choose, I would choose Juan Soto based on bias. I'm a huge Nationals fan. But at the same time, it's like... I don't know, they're both, I'll take either one of them. I'm not going to sit here and debate who's better because they have pretty identical numbers. But of course, there goes Mad Dog running his mouth being like, oh, well, it's going to be Acuna. I mean, he just, you know, I really like him a lot better. You know, really giving no, like, they were displaying the numbers right next to each other and basically they had identical averages, home runs, except, oh, well, I don't know. I think that the Nationals actually won the division, or no, they won the wild card last year, which the Braves won the division, but I believe that the Braves lost the first round against the Cardinals badly, while the Nationals, yeah, they, you know, they went on to beat the Brewers, the Dodgers, oh yeah, swept the Cardinals, uh, and then beat the Astros in the World Series, so yeah, I think Juan Soto had a little bit to do with that. Uh, a, a little different this year, you know, with losing Rendon, Strasburg, Scherzer, Hurt, I mean, this national team is not the same, but we're talking last year, and we're not talking teams, we're talking individual players, so, all right, Mad Dog Russo, let me get on that segment right there and argue your ass. For my Fickner League update this week, there's a couple more updates this week. Uh, We have, so for Luke Boyd's team, the commish, he, you know, he's pretty high on his... You know, his running back, Leonard Fournette. Uh, turns out, Leonard Fournette just got released 
by the Jaguars. So he's currently a free agent right now. You know, he I think he, you know, carried like 30% of all of the Jaguars' touches, you know, in their offense, which is insane. So through running and passing game. So that's a big chunk uh, that, that's going to be left off the field. Now, I believe that Fournette is going to get picked up either by, you know, there's rumors that he's going to go out to uh, L.A. Uh, or I think it's, yeah, the Rams. But it's like, okay, he should be good there. But they have, you know, rookie running back Cam Akers. They have some Joe Henderson. So who knows what his role will be on that team. Or if he, you know, can produce as much as he did in Jacksonville. Uh, people are like, oh, let's see if he goes to the Bears. I actually, you know, I'm, I'd take one of the Bears uh, with, you know, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen in our backfield. But, you know, so definitely a question mark, especially for the first couple of weeks. Will he be signed in time on a team? Will he, you know, ha- know enough about, you know, the team's offense by the time he gets there? So definitely a question mark over Leonard Fournette right now. So Luke Boyd's team definitely getting... Uh, a little drop in the power rankings, I think. Uh, I think him and Nato are going to have to switch from 5 to 6 to 6 to 5. So, Luke Boy, you got something to prove out there, buddy. Got something to prove with Fournette being dropped. And other fantasy news, not a ton going on. I guess for my team, uh, Sukun Saloon, we have Alvin Kamara not being at practice the last few days. Apparently, it's related to contract issues. So I guess it might be a, another Zeke situation. Hopefully they get that figured out soon so it's not like a game before he decides to play. Uh, so he got so they got me sweating right now because I really need Kamara to produce. I have Aaron Jones also as my running back, but I would love to have Kamara and Jones. That's kind of my go-to combo on my team. So I'm not adjusting me in the power rankings because he has more of a chance to produce than Fournette does. He's really unclear. But definitely a little rise for concern here as I'm not loving him not going to practice. Let's let's get that contract figured out, Kamara. Let's get back on the field. Let's produce for the saloons. That's all we got today in the Ficker League. For the flick of the week this week, I got a couple different options for you folks. First, I have the Karate Kid. This takes us back to the 1980s. A true classic. I assume most of you, everyone has seen the Karate Kid, but if you haven't, you have to go to Netflix right now and check it out. You have a kid in Daniel uh, who moves to Southern California with his mom, uh, but figures out, you know, he, find, you know he, he encounters a group of bullies, of course. Uh, and so he befriends Mr. Miyagi, uh, who's just, you know, a random repairman who happens to be a martial arts master. So they become best friends. He starts training Daniel. Uh, and of course, then he, you know, just becomes the karate master. He can take on these kids now, stand for himself. He also is going to, you know, participate in this big tournament who, of course, these kids are also into the karate. So they're in it too. It's an awesome Movie. It's just a true inspirational classic where you know, if, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. I also just encountered a new series called Cobra Kai, which is the sequel to The Karate Kid with Daniel all grown up uh, and also the bully 
who, what's his name, who is Johnny, uh, who's now a degenerate, and he decides to open up the karate shop again, so I, I haven't seen it, but it's number one in US Today on Netflix, I assume it's pretty solid, so I saw off with the Karate Kid, which I've seen, and then check out Cobra Kai, I'm definitely going to check it out this week, uh, and I'll come out next week on my Flick of the Week and it, talk to you guys on how well I think it's done. For the bet of the week this week, I'm going to take it to two Chicago teams tonight. The Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs. I'm doing, so the spread is minus one and a half for both. The White Sox are plus 130. The Cubs are plus 101. The Sox are taking on the Twins, where Keuchel's on the mound for the White Sox against Pineda, who hasn't made a start yet this year. The White Sox are hot. I had a big win against the Twins last night. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna continue against the Twins today. And the Chicago Cubs. You have John Lester on the mound for the Cubs, who just came off a big win against the Reds last game. They need to kick it up into high gear again. Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the worst teams in baseball. I think Lester is gonna pitch a solid six innings, and I think the Cubs' offense will do the rest. I think the Cubs are gonna win handily, at least by four or five runs. I'm confident in the Chicago teams tonight. You could go for the Chicago parlay, uh, which I didn't do. But I think maybe just take both separately, just in case one of them loses. But they're both going to win. So take both Chicago teams tonight, minus one and a half. You won't regret it. That's all the time we have today on the Riddle Be That podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's a great time to be a sports fan right now. We have the second round of the NBA playoffs about to happen. We have the trade deadline happening for the MLB. NFL is less than two weeks away. Enjoy every second of it, ladies and gentlemen, because you don't know when it's going to be your last. I hope you guys all have a good night, and I'll see you guys next week. Riddle out.